This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. Are you ready to take your multifamily game to the next level? Well, you need to join us October 12th, Saturday, October 12th, for our one-day multifamily foundation workshop. We're going to bring it to you live. We got a list of 15 speakers that are going to go through the process of everything it takes to get your mind right, get the deal right, learn the terms, understand the markets, learn how to find the deals, learn how to underwrite the deals, learn how to put your team together, everything from property managers to brokers to insurance companies. Beyond that, what's the proper way to raise funds for a deal and how to close a deal and what to do after you take over a deal. So it's going to be a huge event. It's going to be awesome for you to join us. Got a great space. It's going to be here in New Jersey, in Springfield, New Jersey. Of course, it's going to be a one-day event, but we got everything packed in from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Right now, if you put in the code workshop, you're going to get a special discount. And again, that code is workshop, but you need to go to multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com and go fast because we've sold a ton of tickets for this. I actually was able to get a bigger room, so but that's filling up quickly as well. So again, www.multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Put in the code uh, workshop. There we go. Got that down and look forward to seeing you so we can all take massive action together. Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason Peely. It's only Peely today, and I have the best guests on. We are <laughs> laughing our butts off already. I have Allie Boone on. Welcome, Allie. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm like, well, this is going to be a fun one. We, we can't even hit record. <laughs> so, Allie, let me, I have to get the introduction in. Allie is the owner of Hipster Investments, a business that has facilitated over 18 million in real estate investing sales within five years. She has written over 170 articles for, bigger, for the Bigger Pockets blog. She's been featured in Fox Business and Motley Fool and has been interviewed on over 50 different podcasts. This will be 51. Allie's primary specialty is teaching people how to start a business with lifestyle design in mind. Again, welcome, Allie. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yay. So excited to have you on. Why don't we start off with a really simple question, then we'll tell everybody what we're laughing about. So how did you... <laughs> I think I've forgotten. How did you get started in real estate? So I got started uh, kind of completely by accident. So I was working in a corporate job. I used to be an engineer. And the minute I walked in that cubicle, I was like, Oh God, like I've got to get out of here. I mean, it was, I didn't even sit in my chair before I was like, uh, this isn't, I'm like, Oh, glad I just went to school for this long. Great. <laughs> um, so for five years while I was in a uh, corporate world, I was trying to figure out how to get out. And I knew just, I was reading books. I was reading everything. I knew it was either going to be business or real estate. Those were the two things that typically get people out of a nine to five, but I didn't know what to do with it. And so I was kind of doing everything. I was reading books. I was going to the $495 weekend seminars, just trying to like take everything in and see where my thing might be. And ironically, I had, I was like, okay, I've got to pick a niche. Like I'm learning too much or I'm learning a little bit about too many things. And I, so I decided to go the business route 
And not a week or two after that, this random webinar hit my inbox and I was bored at work. So I watched this webinar, it was about a pre-construction development, totally caught me and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so I kind of pursued it. I was like, well, you know, while I'm hanging out in corporate and I have a paycheck, I might as well do something smart with it. So I pursued this investment and through all the people that I met with that, just one thing after another kind of started happening and it was funny because when it all started um people were approaching me saying hey we want you to work with us on this and this and i was like oh what cool fun side income with my corporate job like i wasn't putting two and two together that this might be my way out and so it was really through that and then um that particular investment kind of went by the wayside to say it pretty um, but through that I'd made the connections that landed me in turnkey world and so suddenly I was investing in turnkey rental properties still thinking this was just a side thing and one thing led to another and here I am I've been working with turnkeys now since 2011 and helping people buy them since 2012 it sounds like some kind of weird ad on the team like an old-fashioned <laughs> since 2012 um, but yeah, that's, that's really where it all started. So it's kind of, it's funny because people are like, well, how'd you get into turnkeys? And I, I don't want to say they fell in my lap because it sounds like I didn't do any work for it. Like I worked hard for five years to just figure my way out of things. And, but I didn't find turnkeys. I mean, they kind of almost like showed up on my path. And so then ironically, I ended up starting a real estate investing business. So I ended up going both routes anyways. Well, fantastic. I want to, I actually want to dive into, you sort of like went over your first deal. I like that uncomfortable <laughs> stuff. So we're going to go back to your first deal. Let's talk about your first deal. Real estate failures. <laughs> but it's, it, but like you said, it's, it's because of this failure. It's, it's where you learned probably a good deal of what you, what you first knew and where you started yeah. making these connections. So tell us yeah. a little bit about this quote failure yep. and how it's propelled you into the business that you have today. Yeah. And I think it's a huge lesson because people are so scared of failure, but it's, it's all in perception and it's all what, you know, what's on the other side of the failure. So don't laugh or laugh. So this, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> so this, uh, it was totally legit. Um, it was a pre-construction development in Nicaragua of all things. Oh, wow. I was like, wait, Nicaragua. And I was plugging it in. I was like, yeah, no, that's the third world country I was thinking it was. And so I just, it was a beach bungalow. It was actually a really big development. Wyndham Hotels was on board with it. Jack Nicholas golf course design. Like this was happening. And a lot of people put a lot of money into this thing. And it was really cool because I had just been looking at rental properties in Orange County. I live in LA. And for what I could buy, just a dumpy, nasty, gross foreclosure in Orange County. I mean, it was not affordable. There was no cash flow, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And here comes this little email across my inbox with this like beach settings. And it was like, buy a beachfront bungalow for $99,000. I was like, well, yes. that's, like, <laughs> that's like a double win for me. Number one, $99,000. And number two, anything I can do that makes people a little itchy, I'm all for. I'm like, yes, <laughs> of course I'm going to invest in Nicaragua. <laughs> And like, of course you are. Of course I am. And um, so I actually put a contract down on it. And I ended up buying that and a home site, actually. And the whole thing was going phenomenal. But in the famous story of developers, suddenly where'd the money go? And there's uh. been lawsuits ever since. Uh, Wyndham pulled out. Nicholas pulled out. Everybody pulled out. Um, but, you know, it was, it was so I had $40,000 in it. 
and it was the best $40,000 I ever spent. So rumor is I'm still going to get it back at some point. I, I stopped holding my breath on that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, the developer is actually supposedly developing more, which, okay, then (laughs) (laughs) he's not even allowed back in the country and he's developing like, okay, that won't go over well. Um, but you know, a lot of people look at something like that, like that's a lot of money, especially as a first time investor. $40,000. And all I could think, I had read all the books, all the rich dad books, all the whatever. And I was like, you know what? If $40,000 is my worst real estate investing mistake, I'm getting off easy. You know, all the big guys have lost millions. Like you just have, was like, Hey, I'm going to be one of the big guys. I was like, okay, might as well get mine done early. That's cool. But over the years, cause like you said, it was those connections that I made during that time I literally built a six-figure business from that. And so for, it's like, wait a minute. And I also went to Nicaragua five times in a year and a half. And just that alone, I was like, that's my favorite country in the world. Nice. And maybe not now. It's got some drama going on. But, um, you know, it, it really is that perception of like, you can't be scared of, I mean, don't be so not scared that you just barrel off doing anything. But, you know, if you take the time and then something goes wrong, it's okay. Like that's the stepping stone to the next thing. So it was, it was a little humbling in the beginning. Cause it was kind of like, what am I doing in real estate? Like how dumb could I be? But you know, you just kind of got to get over that little hump. Well, your dumb is like super smart for a lot of people. So <laughs> I love, I love the action that you took on this though. I mean, you see this yeah. little email come in your inbox, you take action on it. Yes. It's a Nicaragua. Whoa. But obviously, but you took the action at $40,000. I mean, that's like a mastermind. Like, yeah, that's a mastermind. You basically took a mastermind and you built this huge business on it. I mean, kaboom. (laughs) (laughs) All in a third world country. All in a third world country. So (laughs) beyond this, how did you learn and what steps did you take to further along in your journey? Um, you know, the thing that comes to mind to answer that, the be- I could come up with all sorts of like bullet point answers and whatever. The one thing that got me through all of it, everything from that development taking out to future struggles to starting the business was having a mentor. And my mentor at the time was involved in all of that. And so that's how we met originally. And we got to talking and we we're like, hey, I really like your lifestyle. What, what, what are you doing here? And that's how I got to talking to him. I was like, I need to know more about your life. Like, why, why are we hanging out on like a Tuesday and you don't have to be at work? Like, I need, to, I need to know about this. And so it was a lifestyle design component for me. And so him and I got to talking and that's, that was my main connection. So then when not only was I getting over the loss of the real estate stuff, and fortunately the turnkey showed up almost before the development had totally tanked. So my attention was, I was excited about other stuff already. So it was kind of like a very minor mourning period. Mm-hmm. But when I started buying turnkeys, this was back in 2011, 2012, when everyone and their mothers had started a turnkey company. And so things weren't, the ships weren't being run quite as tightly as they are now. And so I had some, I had some drama with some of my turnkeys. And, I, and finally, that's when I sat back. I was like, okay, to my mentor, I was like, the development tanks, I lose 40 grand. And now I've got these properties that are acting a little wonky. People are crazy. I learned one thing about real estate. People are crazy. And he was like, (laughs) yes, 
I hear you, but like, let's really map this out. And like, I had been stressed because one of my turnkeys had a vacancy for an extended period of time. And we talked about like the other streams of income that rental properties get. And he was like, so are you really telling me that property is at a loss right now? It had already doubled in value. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe not. And so <laughs> it was every time I'd say for the first two, three years, more so from the starting a business perspective, because I quit my corporate job. Now I didn't have a paycheck coming every Friday. I wasn't guaranteed to eat every week. And so that was more of the sanity tester, but kind of the same thing is like every time I kind of get to the edge of the cliff, well, actually he always kind of laughed. He's like, you know, if you could come to me when you're on the edge of the cliff, not dangling off of it, because he'd have to like grab me by the belt buckle and pull me back. But I was like, I hear you. Um, but it's not fun that way. Having that person, huh? It's not fun that way. Yeah, I don't think so. I like to fly. I'm a pilot. Exactly. <laughs> like, I want to go. We'll talk about that more too. Go on. <laughs> But yeah, it was really having that person because I needed, um, you know, we can't see our own situations as well as other people can see it from the outside. And every time I was teetering the edge of the cliff or dangling off of it, he was able to acknowledge what I was going through, say, I hear you, and let's put this into perspective. And I came out of that every single time, re-motivated, re-energized, re-everything. And so for real estate or business or whatever you're kind of doing, like, we need other people. And so for me, that was more than any lesson I learned, any, anything, having that person who had already been through it, that was the key. My favorite quote is don't take advice from someone you went trade shoes with. Don't have like a corporate worker trying to give you entrepreneur advice. Like it's not going to help find someone who's been there. Same with real estate, find someone who's been through it, who's been through the struggles. You know, what's the saying about like, wouldn't you rather have a ship captain that's been in three major, what is it? Three, like, in multiple storms or storms then. capsized or whatever. Versus Something like, like that. Versus a ship captain that's never had a struggle because it's, you know, and so it's finding those people. So that, that really was my big thing. And today it still is. My mentors have shifted, you know, wherever I am in life, I need a new mentor who's been there before. So it's an ever changing thing. Now I completely agree and understand. I mean, the people that have gotten us the furthest are our mentors. So yeah. for our listeners out there and what are those things that you look for in a mentor besides the person that, you know, failed a kabillion times and is like his business guy or his or her business is uh, skyrocketing. What do you look for? What else do you look for? Um, the number one thing is who would I trade shoes with? That, that is huge. And so when I was getting into investing in business, for example, my dad is one of my favorite people on the planet cutest guy in the world. Like <laughs> everyone loves him. I love my dad. However, he has always lived the life of save every penny, work really hard. You know, the poor dad of rich dad, poor dad. He's done very well for himself. Financially fantastic. However, he, he went that route with it. His sister, my aunt, she was always the investor. She stopped working. I think at some point in her thirties, she was always involved in investments. She's taken vacations with her girlfriends. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. If I'm, I'm like, who? I'm like, okay. And as much as I love my dad and I have taken so much amazing advice from my dad, I don't ask him the financial advice. Like maybe if I want to ask him about a 401k, you know, something like that. But in terms of me getting out of corporate and me starting my business, I had to go to my aunt because that's who I wanted to trade shoes with. And I think it's so important, especially in real estate that because there's so, oh man, the amount of opinions in real estate, 
I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Opinion on everything. Everything. Oh. And people are very, um, very uh, energetic about their opinions. <laughs> like, it's like a religion. And, <laughs> oh, and they'll defend it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, man almighty. And there's so many strategies in real estate and so many different ways to do each strategy. Who is living the lifestyle that you want to live? So kind of back to my mentor. So I had talked to him. He was one of the main guys about this Nicaragua deal. And he said, hey, I'm also in LA. Why don't you come over? We'll go. Because I had the contract. I had read, my engineer brain had redlined every bit. I was like, I can't approve. This is a scam. Like, uh, hello, beachfront bungalow in Nicaragua. Stupid. But I'm going to have fun <laughs> with this guy. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, I'll come over. So I go over. I have my redline contract. I'm all ready to prove this is a total sham. And he comes out, we're on a rooftop pool deck of a LA high rise. He's wearing khaki shorts, flip flops, <laughs> no briefcase, no notepad, no anything. And he had just gotten back from some international travel. I don't know. And it's like a Wednesday. And I'm thinking, hmm, who are you? <laughs> so we went through all the red lines on the contract. Everything turned out to be fine. And I finally sat back and I was like, I need to know what's happening here. Like I'm looking at his flip flops and, you know, here I am expecting a business meeting and a laptop and all that. And we got to talking and I was like, I need your lifestyle. He was the first person that I really met. And now it's more common, like lifestyle designers, digital nomads, like it's kind of a newer thing. But back in 2011, I didn't know anyone living this lifestyle. And I was like, I need to understand what you're doing. And for five, six years, if he gave me advice, I took it because I, he was living the lifestyle that I wanted. And that's the big thing is even if it's not as big as a lifestyle, it's like there, God bless bigger pockets, but there are so many people in bigger pockets talking. It's like, Oh, these flippers are so great at flipping. I'm like, really? Why are you on bigger pockets? Like, you know, like it's, there's so many people talking. It's like, you've got to understand what these people are doing. And if you want that for yourself, because people will sit back, especially with the internet, all day long and tell you, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And they're not even doing it themselves. And so I think that's the number one thing I look at more than anything. And, and I have, for me personally, I have to have fun with people. Like I, I can't do serious. Like I was saying, I fly, I teach flying. That's and when amazing. I was taking flight lessons, my flight instructors, I had to have the fun laid back ones. Cause if I do something wrong, don't worry. I'm bashing myself enough. I don't need your help. Like I can't do the strict, just whatever. Like I need to laugh. So if I do something terrible, let's laugh about it. I'm going to fix it. And so that's big for me with a mentor because you need to be able to trust that person. And at the end of the day, have fun and well, and trust the person in the sense that your sanity might be in their hands at some point. <laughs> so like, you know what you want to know you're going to be taken care of, but it's that trading shoes thing all day long. Like you know, people take advice from, it's like, if you want passive income and you want to live this rock star lifestyle and digital nomad or whatever you want to be, and you're taking advice from a guy behind a desk in a suit, you know, like maybe work. some kind of di diversification with your money, but like, you know, so that's, you got to find the people you connect with. And if you pay attention, you'll find, you'll know who those people are for sure. So question, did you achieve the lifestyle that your mentor has oh yeah fantastic I, I secretly half in pajamas as we speak and <laughs> <laughs> my alarm to uh you know this is not a 
early uh, recording, but I had to set my alarm because I sleep in every morning. And he actually now, since I met with him the first time, he's been traveling the world. He has been, he has lived in, uh, I think it's 61 countries in the last four years. I personally like to come to my house. I love traveling, but you know, that's the thing too, is like I am traveling. I actually just signed up for a trip last night. I can sign up for trips whenever I want to. If I need to work, I just take my laptop. And so, yeah, I, hands down, yeah, for sure. That I took on the is amazing. Yeah. See this, for all the listeners out there, this is, this is what you're, when we talk about freedom, this mm -hmm. is, Allie is what we want. She has the freedom to decide what she's going to do next, whether it's get behind a desk and work, whether it's get on a beach and work, whether it's yeah. stay at home and work. She gets to decide what she does. And that's because she took the action. If you've been listening from the very beginning, she took action. She saw an email, took action, got out of her day job, and is now running her business from wherever she wants. That is amazing. So let's jump into the here and now. Where is your business now and what does it look like? Oh, business now. Um, I got exhausted just thinking about it. Um, so it was, <laughs> was kind of cool. Um, you know, part of that freedom thing really is outsourcing. And so I'm obsessed. It's funny you bring up freedom. I'm obsessed with freedom, if that wasn't obvious already. Like, I joke. I, I drive a stick shift car because I always tell people, I don't even like my transmission telling me what to do. Like, I decide. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. That's a great quote. <laughs> over the top and I need therapy. But I really dig freedom. Um, in fact, I'm probably obsessed with it. But, um, Oh, I got thinking about my car and what was I even talking about? Oh, so where's business, business. now? <laughs> <laughs> Shiny object. Um, I was talking like, about oh, transmissions. Like, where is my car? Oh, yeah, I need an oil change. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's um, focused back in. Woo, business. <laughs> um, so business is super cool. So what kind of was cool that happened with business, cool and not cool at the same time, is pretty quickly because of that freedom thing, I knew that when I started a business, number one, I needed to be able to be mobile. So I needed it to be an internet business so I could work it from anywhere. And number two, I knew, um, I didn't start outsourcing right away and get employees, but I, it was pretty quick in the scheme of things. Like as soon as there was something I either didn't like doing or I wasn't good at, I hired somebody to do it. And so that is also kind of my freedom thing because if I go travel for a week with no internet and I can't work, I need the business to keep going. Yes. So what was really cool about that is uh, maybe about year three of business or so, I had my team in place, people are working, and I decided it'd be a good idea to go get another uh, degree. <laughs> and so I went back to school. And while I was in school... <laughs> I, I used to get bored really easy. Um, while I was in school, I was so busy with school that I really, I was maintaining my end of the business, but I wasn't really doing a whole lot. So I was pretty comfortable for two, three years maybe. And last year, as you probably know, the real estate market kind of took a turn. I'm not going to say we're on a total downslope, but prices started peaking out. And, yeah. You know, the whole dynamics of everything started changing. And it was kind of like, oh, let's see, I have a real estate business. I might have to make some adjustments for this. So it ignited this whole new, it's like starting a whole new business all over again. Um, we're really expanding all of a sudden. Um, the turnkey thing, we were always doing it, but it wasn't what we weren't so, um, 
loud about it, I guess. And now it's kind of like we're shouting turnkeys from the rooftop because now over the years and having seen people buy them and all that, they're amazing, especially for lifestyle design, passive income. And like you and I had talked about before the recording, there's such a good jump start into other things. Like I tell people, you don't need a career buying turnkey rental properties, but you can buy a turnkey rental property and learn the basics and that can propel you off into other really cool things like you experienced. And, um, you know, so we now have a turnkey rental properties Facebook group. Um, I've got a book coming out, which is actually nothing about turnkeys. It's called Not Your How-To Guide to Real Estate Investing. Um, it's kind of like, I call it like the prerequisite to the mindset. It's, it's a mindset book. Um, the prerequisite to the how-to guides, because I always say like, if your mindset's not right, there's not a how-to guide in the world that's going to help you. So this is, um, it's in support of passive income, but just kind of ideas off the beaten path. Like, are you investing or are you working? Because people don't understand with a lot of investments, like wholesaling, for example, Work. not an investment at all. Job. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and even like if you're flipping properties, you can get to a point where it is more systematized and whatever. So you're not working, but in the beginning that's work. And so, you know, it's breaking down these kind of seemingly simple concepts, but people just don't understand them. So the book, um, should be coming out. It'll be out by the end of the year for sure. Um, we are, uh, we've worked with this model in the past. I don't know. I haven't really talked much about turnkeys, but we're combining the, uh, Burr model, the buy, I can't, I never know the R's, buy, rehab, refinance, right. rent, finance, yeah. repeat, burr. It's, it's <laughs> some, like that, that sounds like it's the right, I, we all yeah. like it, burr, look it up in bigger yep. pockets, the, the, yeah. uh, and four R's. There. <laughs> <laughs> but basically buy a distressed property for rehab, but force the appreciation. So we're now able to combine that method with the turnkeys. And the turnkeys, all the work is done for you. The rehab's done for you, whatever. So in this case, all of that's done for you, but you're financing it on the front end. So you actually get that appreciation, unlike the turnkey providers keeping it. Um, so that's a new project. I'm probably going to be flying out to check out those operations soon. Um, there's just a lot happening. Like it's really exciting and new, which is awesome. That is all amazing stuff, but I want to actually like focus in on turnkey. You said yeah. a lot of amazing information, but for the beginner investor out there, tell me what a turnkey property is. Yep. So a turn. So the term turnkey actually refers to the condition of a property. Technically, the idea is metaphorically, you can stick the key in the door and turn it, and you're making money on day one. So um, technically, it refers to the condition, but usually when you're hearing about turnkey properties, they're Properties being bought from turnkey providers or turnkey companies. Um, those words all just, I'm like, did I say all those words just right? Turnkey mm -hmm. properties are bought from <laughs> turnkey providers, providers. Yes. or companies. Yeah. So these companies go, are they're in certain markets and they'll go out buy tons of distressed inventory. They rehab them in bulk. They put tenants in. They have property managers on standby. So you as the investor are just buying the finished product. If you're buying an actual standard turnkey, um, all of this stuff is done before you put a dime into the investment. And the advantage of that is, number one, you have experts doing all the hard, hard work for you. And number two, for a newer investor, you know, there's so much to learn about real estate investing, learning to run the numbers, learning how to choose a market, learning all these basic things that if you're trying to take on a flip job or rehab or, you know, all these complicated things from the get-go, it can really kind of hamper you from learning the basic fundamentals. And so turnkeys really kind of 
take that pressure off because the hard stuff's done for you and you do have to conduct due diligence. So it's like, well, what's due diligence? What kinds of things do you need to verify? This is part of the learning, but you know, I live in California and a lot of people in California are buying turnkeys because you can buy them out of state. And they used to be advertised as hands-off rental properties, which I was one of the culprits of advertising that. And I very quickly learned that saying that seemed to give people permission to just not pay attention. <laughs> I was like, okay, not what I meant. Um, and so you still have to be present with it. But for the most part, as far as buying a rental property, it really takes the load off and you can buy kind of anywhere through, you know, you can own multiple properties in multiple markets because someone else is doing all that stuff for you. So you can be a long distance investor. You can learn the basics. Um, yeah. So it's, and, and so the downside to them is you're going to pay more for them. Obviously someone's doing the work, but the bigger downside as far as real estate investing principles go is the property's already been improved because everyone says in real estate, you've got to buy a distressed property. You do the work on it to improve it. And then that's where you get the forced appreciation. You build equity on the sale basically. And you can't really do that with standard turnkeys because you're going to buy them about market value. You can't improve them. If the market improves, that's cool. But otherwise it's, you know, so it's a cash flow deal. So that's the other thing is, you know, in California, a hundred thousand dollars doesn't buy me a bathroom here, but <laughs> in the West, it buys me a full three bedroom house with cash flow. And so, you know, that's kind of the thing. So that's the downside to turnkeys, but that's where combining it with this other, with the Burr model uh, is interesting because then you get that opportunity back to get that appreciation. I, that's for anyone who hasn't heard any of these terms, it's, I'm kind of, <laughs> my, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just, I mean, just to like kind of expound on what you said, because I just found I, before we got on here, we just figured out that I had actually fallen into exactly what you're doing. And that's how we got into multifamily in the first place is that we found a turnkey provider. They said that they wanted to provide us with a property that was already done, of course, me and my husband and our ultimate wisdom that we don't want, want other people doing other things, all this stuff for us. We were like, yeah. okay, we'll fund it, but we want to make sure we are part of the deal. We'll buy the property yeah. and you rehab it for us and we'll fund everything. So that's basically what you're doing, correct? Yeah, I, I'm the facilitator. I like, I'm the matchmaker. Like I'll connect investors with these teams and that model in particular, like I just kind of want to caution people is there's a, there is risk to that. Like if you know somebody like you guys knew this person or whatever, but if you just go to some random turnkey company who says they're going to do this, you have to realize that when you put, when you fund it up front, it's all of your money at risk. Mm -hmm. And so if for some reason these guys don't perform, if something happens, you're on the hook for that. With the standard turnkeys, you're not paying a dime until everything's been verified. So there's an extremely big difference between the risk in each of those. With that said, if there's a really good company, like the company we are working with now, I know the guy, I've known him for years. We trust him. You know, he's, um, and quite frankly, every turnkey provider has, goes through a cycle. It's like they're great for years, and then all of a sudden they hit some kind of psychosis. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, it's just kind of part of real estate. And, you know, so you have to be careful with that. But in this particular model, you have to be careful of who you're working with because it is your money on the line. So I throw that out there just in case anyone gets any bright ideas. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then, like, drops however. I'm like, oh, hang on. Ouch. 
<laughs> no, thank you for mentioning that. I mean, with yeah. anything with real estate, even with regular turnkey, even though it is a little bit more stable, it's still yeah. an investment. It's still your money on the line. And if yeah. you have to do your due diligence on the people that you're investing with. Yes, you're investing in property, but you are investing in people. So make sure the people are right and correct and not going through some psychosis because even the yeah. best of us do. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if you're such a good real estate investor that you know everything about due diligence, then the people don't matter because it, there's really nothing about a property that you can't verify ahead of time, mm -hmm. but most of us aren't that good. So you've got to know the people, but that's kind of where my company kind of how it started is because I'm that person between you and the seller. Like I know who good sellers are. Not to say they all stay good because they hit some level of psychosis at some point, but even when that happens, then I'm here to support you or whoever's there to support you. But it goes back to that whole, even if it's not a direct mentor that you're working with, work with somebody. Yes. Because when you go at everything alone, first of all, what are you really accomplishing other than maybe your ego? But it's like, take on the help where you can get it. And like, I don't even charge clients to work with them. And so it's, I'm like, I'm free support for you so you know and I can help be that liaison between and you know it real estate is kind of crazy town I mean you've probably you know it I'm sure <laughs> there's you know, it's a, it can be a happy crazy town though happy most of the time fantastic crazy town but it really you know it's kind of like a I don't want to call it the lawless industry but you know compared to like a tight-knit corporate run something but it can Lawless is not the right word, but you know, like almost like the outlaws of well, you can kind of be anyone in real there's, estate. There's so. so many decisions that you can make as a real estate investor yeah. and the people that you are working with. Again, it's a yeah. people business. So you have yeah. other people making decisions. So it's not lawless. It's just so many decisions have to align yeah. to make you make money. Yeah. If that makes sense. And unlike a corporate setting, like every personality under the sun is in real estate. You like, you don't have to be nice. You don't have to be on the up and up, you know, like people it's kind of a, it can be a free for all. And I don't say any of this to make it sound super scary, but it's for me, it's fun. It's like, Ooh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the next whatever. But it, you know, I, <laughs> I say it to say like, that's how important it is to find good people because you need those people as anchors. You need those people as support. Like, turnkeys aren't flawless so if something goes wrong why try and deal with that yourself if you've never been through it and I've already been through it you know like increase that network at networking events everything like find those people to have in your corner regardless of what strategy you're doing and I feel like life's just gonna be easier that's fantastic and now I want to talk a little bit more about the book that you sort of again went over really quickly um, tell us a little bit about your book um, tell us the title again and dive into what you're going to be talking about. So it's called Not Your How-To Guide to Real Estate Investing. And I think the subtitle is uh, Life Lessons on Hacking Your Mind Before You Hack Your Wallet. Nice. So it's, it's really, um, and there's a very clear chapter in there that says this is not a how-to guide. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, what I find in real estate and kind of anything, people just want the how-to guide. Like they want everything handed to them. And it's like, cool, I, I get it. But like, if you don't have the money, you know, it's like what they always say that when people win the lottery, they just go back to being as broke as they were before. Exactly. It's because of the mindset. It, your mindset didn't change with that. And so this is kind of, um, it is, it's life lessons. Like it's, it's even things you can use for life, but really how to 
just understand the truth behind it. Like there's even a section in there called wholesaling is not investing. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter if you wholesale. It's fine if you wholesale. Wholesaling can be fantastic as long as you understand what you're getting into. That's the, that's where I feel like people kind of go wrong is like whatever strategy you do, however you do it, there's nothing wrong with any of it. As long as you know what you're getting into, like people are like, I'm going to be an investor. I'm going to wholesale. Well, you already have a full-time job and a family. Like you realize wholesaling is a second job, right? And so it's breaking that stuff down. Uh, my favorite chapter in the whole book is called the three true currencies. I have this theory that there's three true currencies in life, uh, money, which we all know, of course, mm -hmm. and time and sanity. And at any given time, no matter what you're doing in life, real estate investing, whatever, you are paying for things in one or more of those three currencies. And for me, my time and sanity is worth way more than money. So I would rather pay more if it means I get to keep my time and sanity. A lot of people are really skilled. Like I'm just not naturally skilled in working on my own properties. Like that takes my sanity away and my time and I can't sleep in and it's terrible. But some people are really skilled in it. So they're, so money for them might be more valuable. So they would rather spend their time to, to save more money or, you know, and it's really, once you understand those three currencies, it's like, oh, okay. You can kind of, it helps to better figure out what it is you are actually aiming for because people are like, yeah, I want to make a million dollars in real estate investing. Well, if that depletes all of your time and sanity, it, it's not really, really worth, is it. It worth it. No. I don't know. And like when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up and make a gajillion, what would you say? Cabillion. Cabillion. Cabillion dollars. Cabillion. Cabillion isn't, isn't enough. Cabillion. <laughs> and we're getting there. I, I wanted a cabillion dollars, kind of more, not from like pretension standpoint, but personal challenge. Like, can I do it? And now <laughs> over the years, I realized that my, me sleeping in and being able to go on vacation when I want, is worth more to me than a cabillion dollars. And if a cabillion dollars happens, cool, but it, you know, that's not my priority. So that's my favorite chapter in the book. Um, it, what else do we talk about in there? Uh, the difference in investing and working, just all mindset stuff. And obviously I'm on the side of working less. I like making money and not working. Um, and so there's passive income talk, all that kind of stuff. And so it's, the book is obviously a little more skewed towards my interest but at least knowing those concepts can give you a better basis for deciding what does work for you. I'm like, no, I'm actually real. I actually really enjoy working on properties. Cool. Go do that. And so, yeah, it's, I'm actually really excited about it and it should be, it should have been out a couple months ago, quite honestly, but I've been really busy. <laughs> and so, uh, it's, it's coming. I am super excited about it. It sounds like this is the book that every single real estate investor in the market today should have read. Yeah. And should read now. So if you're out there and you're just beginning, when this book comes out, I will let you all know and yeah. you should pick it up no matter what stage of the game you are in. It sounds like yeah. a great mindset book and it sounds like a, it's going to become one of my Bibles. I have a few. Yeah. Um, it sounds like this is going to become one of my Bibles. Um, so I'm like, have, my I'm like, oh, I love my, my business and real estate Bibles. <laughs> They're your <all> <laughs> Bibles. I have, I have them all on my phone now. I should be getting more books though. They're, I miss yeah. them. Anywhere, shiny object. <laughs> yeah. A few more questions before I let you go. Um, this, the first one is going to be really funny considering you sleep in, but do you have a morning routine and what is it? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and, so, and, and no is a correct answer as well. <laughs> oh, I have a way better answer than no. Um, I'm actually terrible with routine, kind of that freedom thing. Like mm -hmm. I, can't, I have so many friends that put themselves on schedule and I really, really wish I was that person, especially now that I have so many things going on. It'd be so helpful to be like, okay, I'm going to start work at this time. I'm going to work on this project until this time I'm going to take lunch. I cannot do that. Uh, I can't even drive an automatic transmission car. So um, with that said, I do not have a morning routine. However, quite often, actually, before I tell you this, I will say that I often work until midnight or 3 a.m. A couple nights ago, I worked until 4.30 in the morning. So I make it up on the back end. So it's not like I don't work. I'm just a night person. Um, quite often, I'll sleep. My, and I say sleep in. It's more of just a wake up when my body wants to wake up type of thing. I'll wake up, I'll be all ready to work, I'll be ready to jump in, and then I'll kind of stand there and think, you know, I think I'm going to watch an episode of my soap opera. And I do that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it is one of my greatest joys in life. I'll make some coffee, I'll watch my soap opera for 40 minutes, and then I'm like, okay, now my day's good. And then I start working. And so it's that at most that might be my morning routine is I don't do it every morning, but I either dive right into work out of bed or I sit back and watch a episode of television. I love this mindset <laughs> of yours. It's kind of like a, I'm just going to do it because I can. Yeah, because you can. I love it. Yeah. So and on a serious note with that is a, it's, it's learning about ourselves. Like the whole morning, I wish I was a morning person. I really do, but I'm not. I'm much smarter at night. I'm not very good in the morning. I'm not very slick. And it's like, how can I tailor my lifestyle to fit my strains? And so that's an actual, you know, it's not just like, ho-hum, I'm sleeping in. It's like, my brain is way smarter from 9 p.m. on. And so how can I make my life to accommodate that? And I would rather sleep in in the morning if it means I got to work at night. Plus, no one else is working at night, which means I have no distractions all day people are blowing up my email and everything else so or i'm recording podcasts or oh, <laughs> these distractions no i get it my uh, jason who couldn't be here today is exactly like that so we've we've yeah. revised our our lifestyle to yeah. include a morning routine because it actually helps me it helps me to wake yeah. up and have the time for myself just because i have the three kids yeah. and once i jump into them it's all like it's everything goes out the window. But for Jason, he, he's found, because we used to both bartend, that he works better at night because like you, he doesn't get distracted. He doesn't have people blowing his phone up. He can just sit down and just think. So it's great to find like a like-minded individual like yourself yeah, that yeah. can just, you know, you're like, you're, you know what? I'm not going to get into the whole miracle morning, morning routine thing. I'm going to do what I know best. I'm going to take care of my body the way I know I want to be taken care of and I will move forward that way. That's fantastic. Exactly. And you get to catch up on your soap opera in the meantime. And you get to catch up on your soap opera and I have a lot of shows I have to catch up on unfortunately. I can't watch any shows that have bad words in it or that soap opera thing oh, for the kiddos. <laughs> so what like, oh, are... <laughs> The kids aren't going to watch this. You can say as many bad words as you want, except we are rated, um, I think, like uh, something, no bad words. So no oh, bad words. <laughs> oh, <it's you. laughs> back, to the, back to the questions. <laughs> what are some words that you live by? What's the what? What are some words that you live by? 
oh, don't take advice from people you want to trade shoes with. That's Perfect. by far my number one. And, and I use that God, all the time. Like, you know, having a pretty big presence in this industry, people are offering, offering me their feedback all the time. And I'm like, and it helps me, um, not only does it help me with my business and figuring out, number one, who should I be working with? Who should I be taking advice from? Blah, blah, blah. But people, you know, we have, um, we have a video on YouTube about running rental property numbers and it's had an insane number of views. I have no idea why this video is so popular, but it brings in the trolls. And here I am, I believe everything out of everyone's mouth. I'm super gullible. So if someone says something really mean, I think they mean it. I don't realize that they're just a troll. And, but you know, here, when that stuff starts happening, even that it's kind of like, Oh, you know, it's, it's not taking advice from someone, but it's like, who do I listen to? I don't have to like, Oh, come on, please. You know, so that every day, don't take advice from someone you want to trade shoes with. And that helps me really just kind of get my footing and who do I want to work with? What do I want to be doing? And looking for people who are doing things that maybe I haven't even realized. I'm like, well, I want to do that. And I will take your advice to do that. So I, I can't think of a day that goes by that that phrase doesn't run through my head somehow. That makes so much sense considering the amount of people that you probably touch and get touched by on a yeah. daily basis. Um, yeah. So what steps would you give to someone new to real estate as they start getting on their journey. I'm like, oh, it's in my book. Oh, I have a copy of my book. <laughs> like, read my book. That's not fun to get. <laughs> so here's my recommendation. I always say, take some time to get the education. The education is actually not super hard, but there's some basics you've got to learn, like running numbers at a minimum. I hear more people saying, oh, I'm gonna dive into this property. I'm like, oh, what are the numbers? And they're like, the what? Like, oh, like it takes 10 minutes to learn the numbers, just learn the basic things. Um, and then, so take some time to learn it and then make some connections and you've got to try something. Because on the flip side to not learning anything is trying to learn too much and trying to be perfect right out of the gate. It's not that kind of industry. Like you're going to get your biggest learnings from $40,000. Maybe you don't invest in a third world country, but. <laughs> <laughs> or you could <laughs> or you could it's on the job training like you're gonna learn some of your lessons from doing it it's okay if something doesn't go right so it's it's you got to try something and then if something doesn't go right learn from it and try it again and a lot of people ask me like well what's the balance between learning enough and then trying it and not going too far in either direction and my answer for that is if you can explain intelligently to somebody why you're pursuing a particular investment it's time to do it. So if yeah. I'm looking at a certain property and I'm like, hey, Peely, check out this property. And you say, well, what about that, pro you know, why that property? I need to be able to answer that question. And if I can with, I don't know, five bullet points or something, and they're fairly intel intelligent justifications for this property, do it. Because that means you know enough to understand what things you need to be looking at and what matters but then you're not wasting time trying to make everything perfect either. So if that's helpful, helpful for anybody. No, that makes so much sense. And that's probably the best answer I've gotten to that question in a really long time. Oh, that's yay. Amazing. <laughs> so before I let you go, <laughs> before I let you go, what is the best way for people to get in contact with you? Well, 
if you even just Google my name, I'm all over the place. You can find me a lot of places, but I recently set something up that I can offer your, I was about to say listeners, viewers, podcast people, your, your peeps. My peeps. <laughs> we'll call them my peeps. Hi peeps. So, uh, until, so here's a little secret. Once the book is out, if you reach out to me or Peely and say, Hey, I was, I heard this podcast, I'll hook you up with a copy of the book. We'll just awesome. I don't have anything official for that yet, but because the book obviously is not in existence quite yet. It's ready, but not. Anyways, in the meantime, I also have an ebook out. If you're interested in turnkey rental properties, or you just kind of want to know more about the concept, normally it is a paid book, but I will offer it to your folks for free. Thank and you. I set up somewhere they can go to do that. And then from there, you can contact me, you can whatever. So my company's name is Hipster Investments. I know. Um, hipsterinvestments.com slash Jason and Peely, all spelled out. I made it specific uh, to this podcast just for you guys, and you can get a free copy of the ebook there. Fantastic. I'm going to pick that up and read it. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you so much. So grateful. Yeah, yeah you bet. And then well, once you do that, you, I'm all over the place. You can contact me on the website, email me, anything. So you'll find me there. I'm all over social. And I even, I even just got my first Facebook page. What? <laughs> like, oh. At the end of last year, um, I actually got accused. I had never been on Facebook. I got accused of not existing. And I was like, <laughs> right. Like, and it didn't, it wasn't just one person. Like every, I it was starting to be, because podcast people like were, look you up and mm -hmm. I wasn't on Facebook. So they thought I, they said I didn't think you existed. So I am now on Facebook. So come friend me because I haven't even figured out Facebook completely yet. I'm seriously <laughs> crying right now. <laughs> I'm gonna look you up and I'm gonna be your friend <laughs> and join my turnkey rental properties Facebook group it's actually it just started maybe a month ago and it's wow. it's already blowing up like it's awesome it's so much fun people are talking on it we're everything we're even gonna coordinate like a group trip to go to these properties we were talking about that you fund the rehab and all that we're gonna form a group trip in September whenever people listen to this I guess that might be expired but um, yeah, so join the group. We're having a lot of fun. Fantastic. You know what? Thank you so much, Allie. This is the most fun I've had in like years. <laughs> no, no, no offense to any of the, no offense to the other people that I've interviewed. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Sorry. It's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to have you on. You bet. Well, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, no, definitely. When your book comes out, we will have you back on. Yes. Oh, Come good out. call. And then, yeah, and I'll switch that uh, Jason Peely thing to the free book. Perfect. So we'll, we'll up the ante a little bit. Yay. Again, thank you so much, Allie. So yeah. this is the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason Peely. Thank you so much again to Allie, and thank you to everybody out there. So grateful to you for listening. Bye now. Mm-hmm.